This is the Photography Podcast on photography.ca, episode number 121, Making Better Self-Portraits. Hey there, photo lovers. How's it going? And welcome to the 121st photography podcast on photography.ca. My name is Marco, and as always, we're coming to you from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. For today's show, we're going to talk about how to make uh, better self-portraits. And I'd like to thank the Camera Store, the largest camera store in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, for sponsoring this podcast. Before we get into today's show, I always like to thank people for their comments on our last show, uh, number 120, where we talked about how to create uh, stronger stories uh, through our photography. And uh, Royce Howland, Alvin, and Ken Walter left a comment uh, directly in the podcast, which is our favorite way to get them. And uh, you can do so directly at photography.ca forward slash blog. All right, then let's just get right into today's podcast, how to make better self-portraits. And uh, I'm a big, big fan of self-portraits. I've been making self-portraits uh, for 15 or 20 years. I've been doing it uh, myself. I've done some with the help of my wife. And uh, today we're going to share some tips. And the first tip is uh, using someone to help you is perfectly fine and it's 100 times easier. You know, in my opinion, so long as you set it up, it's still your image. You know, have a friend or someone you trust, you know, stand in the composition for you. Frame up that composition and then take the image. If you're not happy with that image, keep recomposing and keep shooting until you are happy. Now, depending on the input and how much this, you know, second person actually helps, you may choose uh, to share the credit with that person for your photo, as I have done several times when uh, my wife Carmi has uh, helped me take the photographs. I should mention that if you use a helper, uh, the more your helper knows about photography and how your particular camera works, the easier it's going to be. Although my wife Carmi seriously helped me, she doesn't necessarily know my camera super well, and it's also very heavy for her to carry. So if your helper is familiar with your camera, you know, and knows a bit about photography and you can give them maybe a quick lesson if they don't on how to use your camera, it's just going to be so much easier for you. And if you don't have a friend with you, you could still uh, easily do this alone. You just need to be really aware of where you're going to stand and where your focus is going to be. And you'll put some tape on the floor and I'll explain this a little more shortly. And the second tip is going to be use a tripod. Framing on a tripod is so much more precise. You can set up very tight framing this way, you know, on a scene and then walk into the scene if you're alone. You know, obviously, if you have no helper, you know, the tripod is pretty much essential. Now, I should say that, yes, if you have a point and shoot camera or an iPhone or a 35 millimeter DSLR, you can take a picture at arm's length, maybe in front of a tourist attraction, and you can feel free to call that a selfie. Let me give my two cents and let you know that I actually hate the word selfie. And I hate selfies because selfies are basically just snapshots without any regard to anything that makes the photo good. You know, all people are trying to do when they post selfies is get themselves in the picture. And there's nothing else going on. So this podcast is not about selfies. This podcast is about making good self-portraits. The third tip is going to be focusing. And this is where, you know, the friend or helper really comes in handy because, you know, sharp focus, usually on the eye, is so much easier to do when someone else is doing it for you. But sometimes, you know, you won't have a helper. And I've taken many self-portraits without helpers. And here's what I do. 
So I actually have a styrofoam head that I got at some, I think it was some salon or like maybe 10 or 15 years ago. And I think I only paid like five or 10 bucks for it. So you could Google styrofoam heads if you need one. Anyway, I painted in the eyes on that styrofoam head. So all I do is I just take this styrofoam head, I jab it onto a light stand. There's a hole in the center of the head. And then I paint it in the eyes. Then with that head on the light stand, you know, I place it in the position where I want to assume the position after I've already scouted a good place to shoot, be it indoors or outdoors. It doesn't really make a difference. Um, you just have to be careful about your composition. And then you put that light stand in the composition and you can focus on the eyes of this styrofoam head. And now all you have to do is place a good mark on that light stand. So what I do is I get really close to the light stand. I see where my feet are relative to where the light stand is. And I try and line up my eyes with the eyes of the styrofoam head and put, you know, a piece of gaffer's tape or masking tape on the floor so that when I'm ready to take the picture, everything is going to be in sharp focus. And this usually works pretty well. Now I should say that the larger your aperture, the more shallow your depth of field is going to be. So the more precise your focusing is going to have to be. So if I could give a little bit of advice, maybe use an aperture around f4 or f5.6 or smaller, and that will make your focus just maybe a little bit easier. But you know, if you're really precise, use whatever aperture you want, of course. So after you go into the frame, you're obviously going to take a few test shots. And what I usually do is after I take those test shots, I go back to the camera. I zoom in really carefully into the eye to make sure my eye is in sharp focus. And you know, if it's in good focus, then my marks are good. And I just continue photographing until I get a shot that I like. Number four is going to be to use a timer remote. And this single accessory will really help you out, especially if you are alone. Because part of the problem is when you're alone is you need a way to trigger the image. You need to press the shutter release button somehow. And of course you could put your camera on a self timer. And of course you can use a cable release, but both those tools are not great. I mean, if you're going to use a self timer, so you're changing your position every single time you may move a little bit from where your mark is. It's just a really inefficient way to take self portraits. And uh, when you have a cable release in your hand, well then if you want to take like a full length shot, then you have to worry about where your hand is going to be in the picture. So although those ways will work, they can't touch the usefulness and the practicality of a timer remote in this case. Not only that, but if you are using a cable release, you know, very often the wire is too short. And it's just, it just makes for an awkward situation. So this timing remote is highly, highly, highly recommended. And basically, a timer remote is basically like a cable release on steroids, you know, because what it can do is it could take a sequence of photos at a specific interval that you yourself set up. So what I usually do is I'll set the timer to take, let's say 10 or 15 shots, giving me five seconds between shots. It's just a great way to do it. So I could practice my expression 15 times in a row without ever leaving my mark. And then at the end of those 15 shots, at that point, I can go evaluate the 15 shots and, you know, see if one of them worked or if I want to try something different. It's just incredibly valuable. Now, in terms of where to buy these things, I must admit that I bought a cheapie off one of these, you know, knockoff sites. Um, and I don't want to give the knockoff site because I've had some bad experiences with the knockoff site and I can't really recommend the knockoff site. But this particular one that I got cost only about $15. If you actually buy, you know, a Nikon one or a dedicated Canon one, you'll be paying anywhere from, let's say, $60 to over $200 for something similar. 
Now mine, it only costs $15. It has no on off switch. So I actually have to put in the batteries backwards in order for it to stay off. And then when I want to use it a few times a year, I just set the batteries in the right direction. But obviously the name brands are going to be more reliable and they'll probably have an on off switch. So I just wanted to put that out there. And before I forget, a timer remote is also super useful for many other uses, including time-lapse photography, of course. So if you ever wanted to get into any of these things, you know, you may end up buying one anyway, and they're just fab for self-portraits. The fifth tip is slightly high-tech, but you can tether your digital camera to an iPad or a laptop, and that's a great way to see the results as they are happening. And all you need for this is a USB cable from your camera to the device, be it a laptop or a tablet, etc., and some software. I've used a Lightroom for this purpose and it works really, really well. Uh, depending on your camera and laptop, you may actually be able to do this wirelessly and I'll throw some links in the show notes on how to do this. It works super well and efficiently for cameras that use SD cards that are newer. But uh, my camera, the D700, only takes CF cards and I don't know of a great way to do it wirelessly yet with the D700. I'm planning on upgrading soon anyway, but I just wanted to let people know that uh, it's harder to do this with CF cards than SD cards. But there's nothing like being able to see the feedback of the image you just took after you took it. So tethering can be a really, really, really useful thing when it comes to uh, self-portraits. And then finally, my sixth tip is going to be be aware of the background, be aware of the light. This is not a selfie taken as a snapshot, as we mentioned previous, where we don't care about anything else in the shot other than a quick record of our lame smile in front of the lame tourist attraction. This is, you know, this is more involved. We are trying to make a more deliberate image here, and this requires thinking. It doesn't require five seconds, whip it in, whip it out. It requires thinking, and the setup is going to make your image be an image. It's going to be a photograph. You will make a photograph versus taking a selfie or taking a snapshot. And when you do this, you are able to compose the image actively. You could think about what light you want to use before you start. You can eliminate all the distractions that aren't helping the image. And if you want to see a master self-portraitist at work, you must check out the work of Cindy Sherman. I've been following her work for well over 20 years. I have a number of her books and she is just amazing. Uh, amazing variety, amazing attention to detail. These are the farthest things from selfies you'll ever want to see. These are photographs and artists of all kinds of genres have been taking self-portraits for millennia since mirrors were invented, since we looked at our reflections in a river. But when we make art, we want to make it deliberate. So I hope these tips help you become more deliberate when you are making self-portraits. Now, of course, if any listeners have additional ideas, I would love to hear them. I'm really into making self-portraits, and I'm sure there's a few things that I haven't thought of. So if anyone has stuff to share, please, please, it would be greatly appreciated. Photography.ca at gmail.com. I'd like to thank the Camera Store again for sponsoring this podcast. The Camera Store is a full-line dealer for an entire range of photographic equipment and supplies. Whether you are a leading professional or new to photography, their expert staff are always ready to assist you in finding the perfect equipment at great prices. And so I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope maybe you're able to take a few of these tips and make your own self-portraits, but no matter what, just keep on shooting. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>